So today we're going to take on the idea of 12-step programs. If you don't know what a 12-step is, basically they give you, you know, you guessed it, 12 steps to overcome something. They're very popular. There's AA and NA and Al-Anon and Teen-Anon and even some Christian programs like Celebrate Recovery. The question is, do they work? Now, I'm going to be honest with you, you might not 100% agree with me today, but I'm really hoping that you'll listen because number one, I want you to find something that works for you and will help you overcome any addiction you're facing. Are you just so tired of feeling broken? Do you want to take a deep breath and know that everything's going to be okay? That even when you slip, you have something to fall back on? Listen, I see you. Welcome to the Broken to Bless podcast. Here you'll find answers as we shine a light on some of the deepest inner struggles and spiritual battles we face today. My mission is to help you build a strong foundation of faith, kick old mindset habits to the curb, and refocus on what really matters. Hi there, I'm Randy, a wife, a mom, and saved by grace. I've struggled with depression, anxiety, and addiction issues since forever. But after surrendering to God in 2020, my life did a 180. He gave me a new heart, a new purpose, and a new life. It didn't matter that I was broken, because I'm made whole with Him, and you can be too. It's never too late for us to be redeemed. God has a good plan for each of us and a path for restoration. So if you're ready to live by faith, find peace, be present, and trust where your life is going, then listen up. It's time to let go of who you think you are and step into who God created you to be. Let's do this. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. All right. I know that 12-step programs are really, really popular, okay? And I have had experience attending. I've gone to AA before. I've gone to Al-Anon. I've attended RU, which is Reformers Unanimous um, for a time. And I've spoken to people about other programs and rehab facilities that they've visited And so I really am interested. I'm always interested in finding out more about how other programs work. And so I hope that any information that you hear within this episode, this is just based on my experience and what I've observed um, being in different meetings myself and then also speaking with other people on their experiences. So please just remember that when you're listening to this episode. You know, my intention is not to knock anything that is Uh, It has to do with recovery. My intention with this episode is really just to inform you and have you be able to make your own decision about what is the best program for yourself. Let's talk about some differences between secular versus faith-based programs because secular really is just like, you know, that's a generalized term for like non-religious programs, more worldly uh, mainstream programs. And I just kind of want to go through some of the differences. So, and I'm also going to use... Um, AA kind of as like a baseline because everyone is familiar with AA. You know, that's often the first thing you think of when someone says they're struggling with an addiction or alcohol. Your your brain kind of automatically goes to AA or NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous. So one of the things that I've noticed in AA is a generalized faith 
You're not really supposed to talk about what type of faith you have, what kind of religious beliefs you have within AA. It's very, very generalized. And I understand why, to, to a point, I really do understand why AA does this, because you will have people from different faith backgrounds coming in and trying to find common ground. And so when they are talking about faith, many times they're talking about a higher power and that I do understand, but I do feel like it can be problematic um, because what ends up happening is things get watered down and you're not really able to share how faith has helped you. That's kind of a no-no in AA. That for me is one of, one of the main differences that I see with secular versus faith-based, obviously, because you go to a faith-based program and it's all going to be about a specific faith. I will say as a pro, there is structure. So you're going to go into one of these meetings and it doesn't matter where you go, it's going to be set up similarly. Lastly, one of the most notable things I want to mention here, the differences between like AA versus something such as RU, is that in AA, you cannot have any crosstalk. There is no crosstalking when someone is speaking in the group. And I understand why they do this because they don't want people going back and forth, cutting people off. But at the same time, I do feel like this might kind of prevent real fellowship from happening. And it also prevents people from sharing things that really worked for them. And I know that after the group, you know, they encourage people after the group, you know, you find a sponsor and you go out to eat or you you hang out with people. But honestly, most of the time you see there's different people every time you go. I mean, some people end up attending these meetings over and over, but most of the time it's always new faces. It's, you know, you have a hard time connecting with people in these meetings. That's been my personal experience. Whereas something like with like a faith-based program such as RU, you're allowed to do cross-talking um, respectfully. And I feel like that just opens the door to create real friendships because you're having real conversations. The truth is, though, that differences aside, most people do not want faith-based programs. So I'll give you an example. I attended uh, RU for a time, and one night I was there, and this young girl, she was probably in her early 20s, came in, and she had talked about how she was a new mom and she was having these struggles and yada, yada, yada. She ended up leaving. She got information about the program and she left and somebody else from the meeting contacted her a few days later and asked if she was going to come back. And she said, no, she wasn't because it, we were too religious, quote, too religious. And when I heard that news, honestly, I felt I felt really bad for her because I knew in my heart that she was going to have a long, hard road ahead of her because she immediately shut down the idea of giving her problems over to God. And, you know, what she was feeling, it wasn't, that's not uncommon. You know, most people want a, a magic pill. You know, that's what's so attractive about 12-step programs, right? They sound easy. Okay, we give you 12 steps, this is what you do. After these 12 steps, you're fine, you're good, you can go on with your life. But honestly, the, the truth is, is that sobriety and recovery, that takes hard work. It's not about punching a time clock. You know, anybody can attend, you can attend five meetings a week. 
but what are you doing outside of those meetings? The positive side of a 12-step program is that it does break it down, you know? So the con is, is that it makes it look easy, right, by saying there's 12 steps, but the pro is, is that that's easy. Steps are easy for people to understand. Um, It's encouraging because it gives you a framework. And people are attracted to that and they like that, understandably so, because we want to know the answer. We, we want to know that we can Google it, right? We live in a Google society. And if we can Google what's the answer and tell me the answer right now and I'll just do it, that's what people want to do. They don't, they don't like the idea of having to figure it out on their own. So 12-step programs, they do provide framework. But here's the truth. If... There is no heart change. Real transformational change is not going to occur. It's not going to happen. You have to want to live a life of sobriety and you have to want to leave those old addictive habits behind. So honestly, being in some of these meetings it can turn into a one-upping contest. And I feel like it can do the opposite effect. You know, people start telling glory stories and it's because they don't actually want to change. They just want to brag about their addiction. You know, they it's, and I'm not trying to say that, like some people might think that sounds mean and I'm not trying to be mean. I've just, this is something I've observed is that some people, they just want to brag about it and talk about how their lives are so messed up. And some of those people, I think, are addicted to drama and they're addicted to the story and they're holding, they're identifying with their past and they're identifying with their addiction. They don't really understand that they're going to have to leave that behind. They, they want to sometimes when they're feeling really, really down, like when they're, you know, they say when you hit rock bottom. But... I feel like when you get into a meeting and it turns into glory stories and one-upping, it it doesn't really help anyone, okay? And you're going away from the framework, right, of what a 12-step program is supposed to be. So bottom line, do they work? Well, there's a lot of factors there. There's a lot of things that we'd have to really weigh out. But personally, My opinion is that the downside to many of these 12-step programs is that they continue to push worldly ideals. Even though if you were actually to go through and read, like if you were to read the 12 steps of AA, many of them have to do with God. And I'll read a couple of them for you right now. So step number two is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. A power greater than ourselves. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Uh, Number six really gets me. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Okay? So, and then number 11, I skipped down to number 11. It says, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So these are, you know, these are good steps. I'm not saying that the steps aren't good. I'm saying that most people that go into these programs, they don't want anything to do with God. And then they get to these steps and most of the steps have to do with God. So when I was thinking about this episode, one story kept coming to mind over and over. And that was when Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments into two. And he said, number one, love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second commandment is like it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And he basically, to me, he summed up the Ten Commandments, but he also summed up the 12 steps, all right? Jesus put two steps, love God with all your soul and all your heart and all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you looked at the 12 steps, any of them that have to do with God, that means that you are making a choice to put God as number one in your life and you are choosing to love God with all your soul soul, and all your heart and all your mind. If you're asking God to remove your shortcomings, that means that you're having a relationship with God. And that's the number one commandment is having a relationship with God. And number two, if you are loving your neighbor as yourself, you know, it's the golden rule essentially is to treat others as you would want to be treated. We can look back at those 12 steps and even number eight says made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So we can sum up those 12 steps into two steps. Jesus already did it. So do these programs work? Sure. Sometimes, but I want to make sure you understand that if you are praying to a spaghetti monster in the sky, is your heart really changed? And the reason I say spaghetti monster is just because some people go into these programs and they think that they can just generalize a higher power and somehow their heart is going to transform. And it's just not. You're always, that's going to be a constant struggle if you're just looking at it looking at God as a generalized higher power your heart is not really going to be changed because only God can change your heart and an example I want to give that that this reminds me of is there was this movie it was about John Callahan he's a cartoonist he did comic strips I don't know if you've heard about him but anyway so in this movie he gets into a really bad car accident and he ends up being like a quadriplegic and In doing so, um, he does gain mobility in his hands, and he also becomes a raging alcoholic. He goes to AA, and in this movie, the leader of AA, he says to him at one point, it doesn't have to be God. You know, it can be any higher power. And he talks about how he named his higher power Chucky, and that every time that he has a problem, he just says, what would Chucky do? And I had a huge problem with that. I couldn't disagree more, honestly. I was like, that is not going, that's not effective. And the reason it isn't effective, we can look at uh, one of the steps here. Number seven, it says, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. If you're just praying to a spaghetti monster or Chucky, you know, that is God with a lowercase g. When I am talking about God, God with a capital G, 
He is the same God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He is the same God that led the Israelites out of Egypt. And he is the same God that can help you with your addiction. So if I'm generalizing and just saying, oh, it's Chucky, he can remove my shortcomings. No, he can't. No, he can't, because that's a lowercase g God. Unfortunately, with a lot of these programs, I think people go into it with the best of intentions, but a lot of times they leave kind of discouraged because there's not real answers there. You're supposed to find it out on your own. It's an, it's an every man for himself type deal. You can get a sponsor, and if you click with someone, yes, there are people that will help others, and I'm not saying, I'm absolutely not saying that no one has ever been helped by AA. Clearly, people have been helped by AA. Please don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, is that so many people walk away from these programs without help and they get discouraged and they go to different meetings and they try different meetings in different areas and they never click with anyone and they never, because they never really get any help. The question isn't necessarily do the programs work? The question is, what do you need? What is going to get you there? And honestly, The real answer is that we need Christ. We need community. We need purpose. You know, if you think about the things that that people look for when they go to these programs, community and fellowship and encouragement, these are all things that you can find at your local church for free. Even pastors and their wives, they can be an excellent resource for help. Please don't get me wrong. It's it's not that you can't meet good people at meetings. It's not that you can't make friends. But you need to be surrounded by a body of believers that will encourage you and support you and pray for you. You know, the Bible tells us as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So I do hope that this has helped you today. My intention is not to discourage you from going to a 12-step program, but to just really understand that when you're going there, it really needs to be about a transformation and if you're going there and you're getting worldly advice and you're around worldly people you're not going to get the support that you need and so I really encourage you to seek out a faith-based program or a church a local church to help you if you are suffering from an addiction right now it's church is the best place that we can be there are so many times that I have struggled in the past and I'm able to go to church and and get fed, get spiritually fed. And I think that's what these 12 step programs are really lacking. And that's the key. That's what I want you to take away from this is what is going to help you move that needle along so that you can start to see real progress in your spiritual walk and God's gonna start to change your heart and he's going to start to help you get through this and you're going to have support what's going to bring you the most support the most spiritual food and the most encouragement in the right direction that's what you need to ask yourself and of course if you have any questions please reach out to me my email is randy that's r-a-n-d-i at broken And of course, you can always find me at brokentoblessed.com where I post more articles and helpful information on overcoming addiction. Thank you so much for listening and I pray you have a blessed day.